right. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we? I've been waiting for the moment to be able to walk up to that video. That has been a, that has been a, a thing I've been waiting for, and, and it has been awesome to be able to do that. Well, uh, it is so great uh, to worship with you and to be with you uh, this morning in the Word. Uh, if you're wondering where Pastor Fayez is, is obviously I am not him. Uh, Pastor Fayez is off this morning, and uh, I am so thankful. He's spending some time away with Kim and the family, and, and always he always wants you to know that every time he is away, that he loves you, uh, and that he will be, uh, and that he he is so thankful uh, to be able to, one, spend time with his family, but he does love you, and he misses being with you this morning, and uh, he will be back uh, this Wednesday getting ready for uh, the Daniel series uh, on, on Wednesday evening. Well, before we dive into the Word, I just want to quickly recap one of the announcements uh, that we that we spoke about a few minutes ago is, is the hospitality ministry. Uh, uh, church, I, I so want to encourage you, if you are looking for a place to serve and get connected into the church life here at North Florida Baptist Church, uh, the hospitality ministry is a great way to do that. And so I'll be down here at the end of the service along with Pastor Kevin and, and our decision counselors to be able to talk with you about that or anything that God might do um, or have done in your heart uh, throughout our time together this morning. Well, it's been, a, it's been a few months since the last time I've spoken to you on a Sunday morning. And since then, uh, my life has kind of changed uh, quite a bit. Uh, if you have not heard the news, uh, I, have, I found out in January that India and I are actually expecting Expecting our first child. Um, yeah, we can give a clap for that. That's awesome. Um, totally unexpected, uh, totally unplanned. And so if you have ever been in that uh, situation, I need to find you after service because I need some pointers. Uh, but we are so excited. Uh, we are having uh, baby boy George. I was about to say boy George. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from, but baby, you know, we're going to go with Boy George. Uh, Boy George is due uh, in the early month uh, or in early October, and uh, we are so excited. Uh, India's doing great, by the way. Um, you can, you, she's around here somewhere. Uh, she's, starting to, she's starting to bump, so it's awesome. Uh, so uh, she's doing great, but please say a prayer for your man here. Uh, I have no idea what I am doing. I have no idea to help lead India through this. She's, she's asking me all these questions, and I'm like, girl, I don't know, like, all I get is a baby list email every Thursday saying, hey, we're 22 weeks pregnant. I don't know what that even means, but we're here. So uh, be praying for us as we uh, start along this journey, uh, but we're, we're so excited. And so since finding out that, that, that we're going to become parents and finding out that a baby is coming, like all couples, uh, I believe uh, there, there's, that, there's that, sh uh, that shock factor, you know what I mean? There, there's that shock factor of, oh man, we are pregnant, life is about to change, how are we going to handle this situation, all this situation, and so we we've been under this rock of okay, we, we got to get re we're, we're pregnant, we're here, the baby's coming, and and very quickly everyone's like, hey, how, how are you doing? We're like, we're good. We've been under this rock, and now we're going to live under the other rock of man. We only have like four months until this baby gets here, and we have nothing prepared, nothing is ready, and so uh, we have been uh, getting our house ready uh, for this little nugget to come, and and man, we have been uh, on the we have been getting ideas about the nursery. Uh, India has been on Pinterest like no other, uh, finding nursery ideas. We have been buying furniture for our house because you know you know how it goes. Uh, we just didn't buy anything. We, I kept all my furniture from college and didn't see a need to have to furnish the house after we bought it. And you know, so now we're buying furniture and, and we're, beginning, we're beginning to buy diapers, which I have no idea what size I'm supposed to get, but we're buying diapers, preparing, getting 
uh, ready for that. And my favorite is, is we're working on house projects. Uh, anybody a handyman in here? Okay, I need to call you because um, we are, we are uh, we're in a situation. Well, anyway, as we've been preparing for this season of prep, as we've been in this, this season, as we've been excited, the anticipation is beginning to build up. Every person that I have talked to has said, hey, listen, I know you're excited. I, I know you're ready. I know it is just you're just you're you're in the cloud of just excitement and anticipation but there's this thing coming and you just need to be prepared for it don't don't worry it's 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 ugly it's mean it's rude just be prepared for this thing it it's just a quick little season I'm like I I, I'm like it it really can't be that bad everyone has prepared me for this thing called nesting and the season and 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 listen you warned me uh, I did not believe you for everyone that has talked to me about this, uh, that is here with us uh, this morning. I did not believe you, but now I understand what you were saying. Uh, we are in the nesting season, and it has just been the best season of my life. It is, it's just been awesome. And, 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 and here's why it's been the best. It's because we've been, we've been preparing our house. We've been, we've been getting things ready. And, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, we didn't buy furniture. And so we're starting to buy furniture. And because we don't want to buy and completely furnish the house, we're kind of starting to look at furniture pieces that we have and saying, okay, well, can we maybe redo this? Can we kind of maybe uh, re- uh, um, can we, can we fix this? And so last weekend, India asked me if I could go outside and, and on Memorial Day and, and ask if I could, uh, we have this dresser. And she asked me if we could refinish this dresser. Now, I, I need to preface this. I, I am not a handyman, okay, by, by any means. Uh, if you need something fixed or if you need something built, uh, I, I am not your guy, okay? That, that is not me. That is not who I am. Listen, I can help you move. I can talk with you about life. I can talk with you about anything. I'll go to a game with you. Shoot, I will even eat with you, friend, okay? Like, I will eat with you. I will hang out with you, but I am not the man. I am not gifted uh, in that way to be able to fix something. And I fell into the trap of Pinterest, if you know what I mean. I fell into the trap of Pinterest and HGTV, and I believed that I could be the next Chip Gaines when India asked me to, uh, to refinish this dresser. And it's just not happening. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. It's just, it's just not happening. And... And, and here's what happened is, is so I go out and, and, I, and, I, and I get a sander, I start sanding the thing down and, and very quickly I started realizing as I started getting the drawers out and, and, and getting everything into the garage, I started sanding everything down and I would start, and I would start the process, right? You know, you, you cut the paper, you put on the sander and you just start chipping away. Well, I, as I started sanding against the grain, what, what happened was is the paper would fall off. And so I, I kind of look at him like, well, this is weird. I, I, don't, I don't know what this is. This is. So I would, I would get the paper back and reclamp it on, and then I would start to sand again, and three or four seconds later, the paper would fly off again. And I'm sitting here thinking, what in the world is going on? I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like, there's something wrong with this sander. Like, it's obviously not me. And so, I, I, and so over and over and over again, the, this, the paper would just fly off. And I said, well, okay, well, maybe after the fourth or fifth time, I was like, maybe I just need to put a new piece down. So I cut it out, put a new piece down, 
Three or four seconds later, it does it again. And there's this moment that began happening. And, and, there, and while all this was happening, God, God bless her, India is just over in the corner watching me struggle. I mean, she is just hanging out. She's watching me struggle. She's trying to help hand sand down some of the other pieces that we had already sanded down. And, and through that process, she, she starts noticing what's wrong. She starts seeing what, what the issue was. And, and she starts even trying to help me. And, and, and I was so agitated. And I was so frustrated because things weren't happening my way because my ham hands that God has blessed me with wasn't able to clamp the thing down all the way. The sandpaper continued to fly off. And, and there was this moment that began happening with me. And there's something that I realized is I had help right here. I had someone guiding me along the way. I had someone even that was willing to uh, ask me to even take a step back and, 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 and because her hands are more smaller and can perfectly clamp the, the thing to hold it down, that, that, to hold the paper down, that, that she would be able to do that. And, and I had this moment where instead of accepting the help, instead of taking a step back, I became agitated and I became frustrated and I became short and I became, the per and I became angry at something that was so simple caused such a challenging time on my day off. I was, so, I was so agitated and I was so upset and I finally figured out what the problem was. It was, you know, my hands just couldn't clamp the thing down. But as I began thinking this morning about that, I could not help but think that this situation, even though it's a dresser, is maybe you and I have had this experience in our walks with Jesus as we approach dealing with people and dealing, especially in the context of suffering, is there's this moment where things might not go our way. Maybe something happens. Maybe someone uh, offends us, or maybe we're in opposition with something. And instead of dealing with the conversation, instead of having conversation and dealing with it biblically, we be our approach is to become agitated and frustrated. And now we have to figure out how we are going to handle uh, the situation that we are in. And today we're going to look, we're going to continue in the book of James, and James actually begins to address this issue. So if you have your Bibles, will you uh, read with me in James chapter 1, uh, verse 19 through 21. If you, uh, as you're flipping over there, if you're new with us this morning, we've been in the book of James, and Pastor Fiaz has been walking us through verse by verse, uh, James, and, and, been, and the book of James, and has been talking about things that we can take and apply to our lives in, in the context of dealing with others, and especially in the conversation of suffering. And we're going to continue in verse 19. It says this. It says, know this, my beloved brothers or sisters. It says, know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I, it is so interesting to me how James begins instructing us here. Because I believe James is identifying a heart issue that each and every one of us have. I believe James right here is identifying the issue of a corrupt heart. Church, no matter, no, we, we got to face it, no matter how good of a person we are, how kind of a person we can be to our spouses, to our families, to others, even how great of an example of Christ you can set for others to follow, each and every one of us in this room have a corrupt heart. We do. It, it, it is in our nature. It is what separates us. It is the sin in us that separates us from God. 
And we can especially have a corrupt heart in, in, the, in the area of confronting sin, either by our own temptation or dealing with others, or in suffering. And we see this because of how James starts off his instruction. Look at the beginning of verse 19 again. He says this, he says, be quick to hear, be slow to speak, and be slow to anger. If you and I were honest with ourselves this morning, and we, had, and we were just completely honest uh, and, and had the honest conversation with ourselves, this is not the approach or first response that you and I would probably have dealing with offense or an uncomfortable situation. Think about it for a second. Uh, what, what is, when, when someone offends you, when someone might rub you the wrong way or when something or when a, or when we have a situation that might be challenging and that we have to walk through and navigate what is the first thing that we ask ourselves why we're always we're asking why we want to know the reason we want to know the why we desire the answer behind the action and sometimes or if you're like me you'll do whatever it takes for your curiosity to be satisfied you will do whatever it takes to understand why you were having to go through or have, why we're having to have the conversations we're having of, of something that is uncomfortable and discomfort. Maybe for some of us in this room, when we think about it, when, when someone wrongs us, our first, our first response is asking why, and, and, and especially in the context of suffering, when, when, we, when something is uncomfortable and discom or discomforting to us in, in the season, and maybe we don't understand the season that God has us in, our first question is, is asking God, why is this happening? God, why can't my life be simple? Can you not just go ahead and do the work? Can you not just, just go ahead and do the thing that, that your word promises for us to do? Or can I even get out of this situation? You see, church, our first response more often than times is, is to speak. It's more often times is not only to, to speak, but to actually speak without understanding. And I don't know about you, but my experience has been is that the more I speak, the more I speak without understanding, the more frustrated and agitated and angrier I become. And left unchecked, the more heart, the more cold my heart becomes towards God. Church, listen, we cannot handle dealing with others and, and we cannot handle suffering with, by becoming angry. We cannot handle this thing by becoming angry because under, look at what anger does. Look at verse 20. It says this. It says, for the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. You see, anger does nothing for us spiritually. In fact, if left unchecked or left unresolved, anger can create serious problems for you and I down the road. Look at how scripture des uh, describes the effects of anger in Psalm uh, chapter 37, verse 8. We're going to flip around for a few minutes, and we're going to look at how anger can impact our walks with Jesus and affect our life. Psalms 37, verse 8 says, But refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. I like that, fret not. Fret not yourself, for it only tends to what? Evil. The word says, hey, listen, re actually refrain from anger. Don't let it be a part of any part of who you are. Because notice where it leads to evil. Anger is destructive. It's evil. It's, con it's contrary to, what God to, to the character of God. Flip over, if you will, to Psalms 86, verse 15. 
it says this. It says, but you, O Lord, are a God of merciful and you are a God of mercy and grace. You are slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Church, I love how the psalmist describes God. He says he's slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You see, anger, being slow to anger is not something that James asks us to do, but it is actually an attribute of who God is. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful this morning that we serve a God that is slow to anger and is slow to wrath. Because that is something that because of his mercy and his grace and his love for each and every one of us in this room, that is something that he is propelled to do because we don't deserve it. He is so merciful and he is so gracious. Why don't you look over in Psalm, uh, Proverbs 14. It gives another description of, of what happens when we leave anger unresolved. It says, whoever is, slow to anger has, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding. But he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Being slow to anger shows great wisdom and intelligence. The words to Proverbs says that the one who is quick-tempered is considered foolish. It's an attribute of God, but it's also considered wise. Proverbs 29, 22 also says that a man of wrath stirs up strife, and the one given to anger causes much transgression. Not only is it evil, not only is it against that, the character of, of God and who God is, but it only leads to more and more problems. Do you see the trend that's going on here, when, what happens when we can leave anger unresolved? Last one I promise is this, is Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. It says this, but be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. Not only does it bring issues, not only is it evil, not only does it bring more problems against yourself and others, but anger lodges into your heart. I love how Ecclesiastes says that because that word lodge actually means to rest. When we leave anger unresolved in our heart, the, the, the product of that is unresolved, uh, is un, it, it, it literally will rest in our hearts. And church, you have to understand that this is a big deal and this can be a serious issue when we leave anger unresolved because it does nothing for us. It, 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 we think that it does. It causes more strife. It, causes, it produces more unresolved tension. It even will create deep-rooted bitterness towards others or ourselves and can consume our thoughts, leaving no room, leaving no ability, leaving no opportunity for us to even engage with the Holy Spirit for him to continue the work that Christ first did in us. Anger can be a serious thing if left unchecked. And James right here is addressing the issue. He's telling us, hey, watch out for this. I know you may not think that this is an issue. I know you might feel better when, if you could just tell that person exactly how you feel in that moment when that person offends you. But it is not going to get you anywhere. It actually is just going to continue to uh, put you in opposition of, what God is of the work that God is trying to do in your heart. And James says that we address this issue by being quick to hear slow to speak, and slow to being angry. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I look at that, a question comes up in my heart. And I'm saying, James, okay, I hear you. I, 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 this is a struggle for me. I, I can be angry. I can be agitated. I can be offended a lot. 
but what am I supposed to be quickening my ear to hear? I hear you, James, but what am I supposed to hear? Where, 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 where am I, how am I, what am I supposed to be in tune with to be able to navigate and, and, and figure out how to properly approach this issue? Well, I believe the answer is found in verse 21. It says this. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with weakness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Do you see that this morning? James says that we are to be quick to hear the word. And he doesn't say just to be quick to hear, but he actually instructs us and he actually tells us how we are to approach to be able to uh, quicken our ear to hear the word. He first says that we are to put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Church, the first thing that, that James calls us to do to prepare or to be in preparation to be quick and to hear God's word is to repent. And not just repent, just, just to repent, but repent of filthiness and rampant wickedness. I mean, that's a doozy right there. I mean, that is wickedness. I mean, that, that is bad. The first thing he calls us to do is to repent. Repent of anything that unashamedly defiles and dishonors Christ, including the anger that might be lodged into your heart. Including the anger that might be lodged into our hearts because this is so important for us to hear this morning because if we want to effectively hear the word we do not need the outside static of unrepented sin uh, I just lost my train of thought we do not need the, the, the static of unrepented sin blocking our, the, the ways that we can hear the word we are to, we are to hear the word clearly but look at also how we are to receive the word. We're supposed to repent, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, but it also says to receive the word with meekness. You see, when we hear the word and we, we receive the word, James says that we need to hear it gently. And can I be honest? This is not always the easiest thing for me to do, and this is not always the easiest thing for us as the church, the body of Christ to do. Because it's not easy when, to hear the word gently because we have to understand that the word doesn't exist to make us happy and comfortable. The word exists, the word calls us to be holy and to look like Christ. The word calls us to be able to, to, to actively be open and engaged to the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts. In that process, we get convicted. We're gonna have, and in that process, we have to address our brokenness and our sin. Church, this morning, if we are going to be quick, if we're going to be quick to hear the word, then we must surrender ourselves to the correction of the word. We must surrender ourselves to the correction of the word and allow the spirit to continue the work that Christ first did in us and not allow our flesh to wallow in sin. And isn't it so easy to just sit back and wallow in our sin and in our offense and in our agitation. You see, this is what I believe James is saying here this morning. Is he saying this is that we cannot fight sin and we cannot fight us and we cannot fight offense with anger. We can only fight sin. We can only fight offense. We can only stay grounded in suffering by hearing the word. That is the only way that we can fight and be able to stay grounded and stay true to our faith. 
But can we be honest this morning? This can be really difficult to do at times. This can be difficult to do because, and it can be difficult because we don't like to sit back and respond. We don't like to sit back and wait to respond. For, for if you're like me, you, when, when, if you're offended or if something might not sit right with you, you want to know why and you want to respond immediately when wrong and offended. You want to be able to get past whatever the issue is and be able to work on it and move forward. Maybe it's difficult this, for us this morning because we're more concerned about in our suffering, our why and our complaint. And it's easier for us to wallow in sin rather than stand strong on the word. Maybe for some of us this morning it's difficult because it's easier to be frustrated and angry at others or a situation rather than working towards a solution and forgiving one another. Doing the things that Christ and that Jesus has called us to do. Or lastly, it can also be difficult this morning because it can be difficult to submit to the word sometimes. Because like we mentioned earlier, the word is not here to make us happy and comfortable it's, the word is constantly here to call us to be holy. And it's constantly attacking the passions and the desires of our flesh. Church, this morning, I want us to be reminded by this, is that we are called to fight sin with the word. And we need to allow the word to keep us grounded in our seasons of suffering, suffering and trials or in moments of discomfort. So will you bow your heads and will you close your eyes? This morning, we're going to have a quick time of response, and my hope and my prayers this morning is that God worked on your heart and that he spoke to you and that he said something to you this morning. But church, I believe that this can be a serious issue. I believe this is a serious issue that goes on in churches all across the United States, is that we have churches full of people that love Jesus, but we struggle with anger. We struggle with frustration. We struggle with staying grounded in our seasons of suffering. And this morning, I have two questions for you. The first is this, is how have you been fighting sin? Or how have you been handling the difficult season that you might be walking in in your life? And I wanna be sensitive this morning, it's because there might be some of us in this room that are walking through some difficulties and I want you to remind that the Lord loves you that he's here for you, that this might have been taken by surprise by, by us, but it wasn't a surprise by him. And I'm not gonna sit here and stand here and, and, and say why we might be walking through the things that we do because I don't know. But it, we do have a promise is that we are comforted in our suffering. The word is clear on that. But I want you to know too that if you're questioning the why, I want to challenge you and I want you to remember and I want to, you to be encouraged this morning that you can run to Jesus. But have we been fighting with sin? Have we been fighting sin with the word? Or have we been fighting sin out of our flesh? Because if so this morning, God's called us to repent of that. And He's called us to rely on His Spirit to be able to respond the way that he calls us to respond, the way that his spirit desires to work. And lastly, are we willing to submit to the word no matter how uncomfortable or uneasy it may make us? Are we willing to submit to what he instructs us to do rather than wallow in our flesh? 
in a moment, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, this is a time for you to be able to do business with God, whether if you want to come down to the altar, you're more than welcome to do that, or you can do business with God right there in your seat. Our pastors will be down front to be able to, and our decision counselors will be down front to be able to talk with you and pray with you and, or just to get to know you or hear your story. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we just want to pause and we just want to say thank you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for just, we thank you for how merciful and gracious you are, how kind and gentle you are towards us, that you never get frustrated with us. You never, you never get, uh, you never get, offended by everything that we do because of your love for us. And God, I ask you this morning that if we're struggling with anger, we're struggling with, with deep-rooted bitterness towards ourselves or others, God, I ask you this morning that through your Holy Spirit that you would encourage us to be able to deal with those things. God, I ask you that you would not only be able uh, to uh, help us to walk through uh, repenting, but God, I ask that we would even be able to forgive the ones that might have wronged us. And God, I ask you that you would also help us to be able to reach out to those people. Help us to be a people that live in, in a constant state of forgiveness. And God, we admit to you that it's easy to, to hang out and, and wallow in our flesh. It's easy to stay uh, comfortable in, in our offense and in our wounds. And God, I ask you today that we would be a church, that we would be a group of people that are that are always submitted to your, your spirit that are always submitted to your will but are always submitted to your word. God help us and show us how to do that. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Church will you stand and will you sing one last song with me?